Tom Panos, John McGrath, Troy Malcolm, welcome to another podcast of Million Dollar Agent. How are we, gentlemen, good from guy. News Corp Australia? Good boys, it's good to be here, the epicenter of global media here at News Limited. Good uh, to be here, actually. Actually, I love walking through reception today. There's a real vibe in News Limited. Well, what you'll find is downstairs, guys, there's it's innovation week Mm -hmm. and there's a buzz because realestate.com are here and they're showcasing a lot of their new products uh, augmented reality uh, um, hardware their glasses and uh, John what News Corp is doing very very hard is to let people know not just our customers but clients as well that it's not just about newspapers. So mm-hmm. News Corp is going through a transition of saying we're a media company, not a newspaper company. Yeah, yeah. And um, you, you could sense it downstairs that it felt um, a little bit, I'm not, I've never been, been to Google, but there's a sense of energy. Yeah, um, yeah. And I agree, it was very, very good. Troy, how are you? Very well, thank you guys. Very excited, another Million Dollar Agent. We're getting closer and closer to the magic mark of 110 episodes. 110? So, I would have thought 100 was magic. Well, 100, we just went 110 is just another number, isn't it? Uh, 110 is another number. I mean, What I'm happened st- at 100? Did you forget? No, we did it. We celebrated it. Did we well, celebrate? celebrate? What did we do to celebrate? You never told him about Rockpool? No. <laughs> <laughs> we actually went away. We were Yeah, yeah. 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 okay. Yeah. 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 Well, we've always kept the financials away from John. No, we can't, we can't, we cannot celebrate till 200, really. Okay, 200's Yeah, there are these things called round numbers, and 100's one, and 200's the next. What we what might have a cup of coffee at 150. <laughs> 150, we might have a little chocolate or something. Yeah, well, this is the sort of thing, when you've got revenues of zero and profits of zero. <laughs> uh, guys, I love this question. Um, I've been in the industry for just over two years. I'm 41 years of age and I had a fantastic last year and 2016 is looking good. I realise that this can change very quickly, but only if I do. I'm being headhunted and offered all sorts of things from other agencies, including business ownership. Whilst that's something I ultimately want, I'm wary because my experience is so far of taking the next step. When is it a good time to go to the next level? What financial security should I have accumulated before considering taking such a step um, before I move with the next phase? Good question, guys. In summary, um, he's being approached by um, other officers. He's doing pretty well at the moment, and he's obviously. Does he say what pretty well means? Did he say what he, he hasn't defined? Is? He hasn't defined um, his, his his GCI, his revenue. Um, but uh, John, it's the sort of thing that when someone is doing well and they've got listings and they've got profile, you don't only get the attention of other vendors in the area, you also get the attention of other business owners. And you get approached and um, you hear it a lot. It can be very dangerous too. I've seen a lot of agents get courted, get very distracted, lose momentum and stay where they are. But they lose three, six, nine months momentum sometimes. So I think I'm glad that this particular listener, reader, has a listener has uh, sent this in because I think it is a really good point. You're right, Tom, that there's a talent war out there. People know that in an industry called real estate, which is personal-based and relationship-based, that if a good agent walks across the road, so do most of their clients. 80, 90% of their clients will probably follow the agent in most instances, assuming they're going to a credible competitor, which they would be. So I, th- I think it's a, uh, it's a really good question. So I guess my first reaction would be, no matter who it is that's courting you, 
don't let it distract you, which doesn't mean you can't have a conversation, because a conversation might be a smart one to have, um, depending on how many you have and who it's with. So I think first thing is, if this is not a company you would ever dream of working for, just politely decline and just say, thank you very much, I'm, I'm flattered, but I'm really flat out and busy at the moment, it's kind of, I'm pretty happy where I am. If it actually is a credible competitor or someone that you could see yourself potentially doing business with at a higher level, um, what I would say is you've got to quarantine the conversations. Because sometimes it's, you know, like you're having three or four phone calls a day, you're having three meetings a week, you drop the ball, you, you kind of, your energy gets all distorted and before you know it, you know, you were doing 600,000 GCI, then you, you, know, you drop a couple hundred thousand GCI because you lose the plot. So I think you've got to be careful. So I, I say to people, whether you've got a personal thing, you know, it could be, selling, uh, it could be building a new home, or it could be a job, something that could fit into a non-business activity, uh, non-business as usual activity, Tom. Um, you have to quarantine it and say, okay, love to speak to you, Tom, but right now I'm flat out with my auctions and listings and so forth. I'm very happy on Friday week to have a half an hour cup of coffee with you, but it kind of needs to be outside of work time and I need to restrict it and so forth. So that, that would be my first response. Um, as to, you know, it's a hard question, how long's a piece of string, how much money do you need to make a shift from an agent to a business owner? There are so many questions, you know, is someone going to come in and finance that business? Do you need a financier and a backer? Um, you know, I often say to people, you need at least six months worth of overheads in the bank before you even contemplate because it can take you six months. By the time you shift, you set up, you get distracted, you start selling and then it settles, it can well and truly be six months before you get your first commission check. So uh, I think as a, as a minimum baseline, if you're looking to move from an agent to a business owner, you should have enough cash deposits, funds in the bank. Not, I'm not talking about um, ability to draw down, I'm talking about money in the bank if you need it, which you will, for the cover the first six months overheads. If you've got 12 months, even better. So work out what it's going to cost you in, in rent and wages and, and direct costs to run the business and have at least six, preferably 12 months in the bank. Um, John, talking about that subject, if you're a person that's writing one, one and a half million dollars in gross commission income and you're thinking, you know, for your three year horizon ahead, is the next phase for a person that's writing a million, a million and a half, opening up an office and becoming a business owner? I don't think it's the amount of money you're writing, Tom, that's the determiner. It's what is your end goal? Do you want to just have a great income and lots of freedom? Or do you want to kind of build an empire and, and show the world that you can do it? Um, do you want to build an asset that your family, your son or daughter can come in and run? I mean, you've got to ask yourself, if you are going to open your own business, because I see everyone that's listening to this already runs their own business. They're kind of mini franchisees of whatever brand they're working under. So I would say, you know, you have to be clear about what are you trying to do. If someone says, well, I just want to earn more money, in most instances, that can happen by building your team where you are, just growing it. If someone says, I want my son or daughter to take over, well, that might be a different answer, although you could also pass your client base nowadays and your business on to, to a, to a uh, sibling or to a, a child that you might have in the family that has interest in real estate. So I think it's more, the other thing is you've got, to, you've got to be honest about what are you best at. Tom, you and I have seen, and Troy, we've seen over the years, people that were brilliant salespeople and they go to water when it comes to running a business. It's not their forte, it's, it's not what they love doing. 
and they end up you know, losing the momentum in their sales business, not enjoying sales, often losing a lot of money, and then eventually going back to work for someone else. Have, have, John, have you identified, like you've got in your own network, what is it, 75 people? 80, that, 80 officers. 80 officers. Mm-hmm. Have you been able to identify qualities of people that make good business owners? It's a bit like qualities of people that make good salespeople. At a, at a high level, there probably is, but we have so many different shapes and sizes and backgrounds of people that make great agents. I think business owners have got to be able to you got to be able to multitask because most real estate business owners, especially the agents that are listening, earning ongoing earning of their commissions whilst running the business is going to be a pretty important part of the cash flow. So you've got to be able to run a business and run your own sales team as well. And I think there's a lot of people that are not that good. They're good at single tasking, not at multitasking. Uh, two is you have to be able to deal with the inevitable issues in every business that come up without losing your cool and without getting overly distracted again. Because little things come up, whatever they are, and complaints from clients, staff complaints, staff leaves, staff are getting poached, whatever. These things are just... I mean, people go from the heights of exhilaration to the depths of depression in 24 hours in the business of real estate, don't they? Yeah, 100%. And especially running a business. I think even more so, having you know, done both myself, um, I think you know, you, you, it's not a great feeling when you're rejected for a listing. But it's nothing like, you know, if, if three of your best people walk out one day and say, look, we're joining the competition. Um, I mean, and John, you've, in, in, over the years, you've had where you've had key people move, go off, oh. open up a business. All the time. Well, no, no, it's not all the time. Actually, an exaggeration. Yes, it, it, often there have been people that I've put a lot of effort into. I've built a very strong personal and business relationship. And for whatever reason, they've decided to, usually, I've got to be honest, we, we don't lose many people to our competitors, which I'm proud of and delighted by. Generally, if we lose someone, they're opening their own office. Yeah. And in some instances, they have been a, an amazing success. And Bresick Whitney, Ivan and Shannon, as you know, Tom, were, yeah. were very close to me, and I, I spent a lot of time mentoring both of them, and they're both good friends. Uh, and they have and, been and phenomenal this, successes. John, I've got a, a bit to do with those guys, and to this day, I will say, they have the uh, total admiration and respect, and I know in certain marketplaces they compete against um, you. Yeah, um, oh, in, the in all their markets we're competing with them, yeah. yeah. Oh no, that's very kind, and we, um, and, yeah, so we do enjoy a good relationship. But they are an example of people that left us and have been sensationally. I mean, um, Panzer Donnelly, uh, Goodyear, uh, no, Donnelly, Donnelly, so they've changed partnerships, but mm-hmm. um, you know, Debbie used to work with us and certainly uh, Alexander Phillips, um, two of the best agents in Australia. And again, I'm, I'm proud and delighted, I mean, would love to have them still working with us, but proud and delighted they've gone on to kick some great goals. But it's not for everyone, so I think you've got to really work out, you know, what do you want? Are you trying to build an empire? Are you trying to pass something onto your family? Do you have this burning desire to show the world that you can do it? Or do you just want to earn some more income? If you want to earn some more income, you can probably do it right where you are or without the hassle and risk of running a business. Because there is a risk. And I say to people all the time, Troy, you have to be, if you, if you want to grow your business, whether you're a sales agent or an entrepreneur that starts a new brand, you have to be able to prepared, you have to be prepared to take calculated risks. But there is a risk. And you, you, you know, you have to be aware of that, and you can put half a million dollars down and lose it. Yep. Um, so I think you know, you've just got to be honest with yourself about what do you want. You've got to be honest with yourself, Tom, about what are you best at. Um, 
because you know seriously when you're a small business owner you're the head of marketing you're the head of hr you're you know the head of everything you're half the time cleaning the bins out at night and you know you've got to do everything so you know i think it's okay. really important jm i want to um with reference to this question and not about business ownership but i get asked a lot of time by gym members they say tom I'm on 50%. I like where I am. It's good. But I'm getting my door knocked by a competitor and they're talking about paying me 70%, mm-hmm. 60%. Um, and it creates a dilemma in their head because they pull out a calculator and they do the numbers of what they would have earned on that scale yeah. versus what they're on. You got any comments on that? Well, it's very easy to add another 20% and and delude yourself that that's what you would have got. You got to ask yourself, would you have been successful in the brand that's courting you as you currently are in your your present brand? A lot of the time, I think it's a bit like agents that discount commissions down to 1.5 and 1%. That's because they're lacking elsewhere, so they kind of need to contemplate, yeah. uh, sorry, to uh, to balance that up, compensate yeah. um, by reducing their commission. Well, they've got nothing else to offer a fee. Exactly. And that's the same with a lot of the companies. And, and, you know, when you've been in the business three decades, you see a lot of things come and go. Companies, brands, individuals, business models. And I've seen a lot of, you know, 70, 80, 90% business models come and go and not actually get the traction. And uh, people actually take a backward step. And vice versa, we've had a lot of people join us that were on 75%. And they've joined us, and our, our top tier is 60% in our brand, and we start at 40. So our, all our agents are somewhere between 40 and 60% in our business, and they have doubled, tripled in some instances in the first year or two, their their income, and they've said, well, thank God, I kind of saw beyond the short-term price tag of 60, 70, 80%, and I came across, and and I'm doing a lot better. So 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 JM and Troy, um, jump in here, just picture. You're working in real estate right now, and John, you're, you're working in a, in a business, second or third year, and you're on 50%. Someone comes along and offers you 65%. What, what, what are the things that you'd be um, looking at in making a decision of moving an agency? So by, the, by what you just said, you, you, you to me are sort of saying is that 50% of something is a lot better than 70% of nothing. Of a lot less. Of yeah. a lot less. Don't make the decision based on commission. And it's exactly the same as I say to vendors that are saying, well, you know, what sort of a fee are you? I say to them, can I respectfully suggest, why don't you pick the agent you think is best equipped, that you feel most trust and you think can maximise your value, and then ask them what's their best commission deal versus finding out what are all the commission deals and trying to make a decision, an important decision, based on a percentage amount. It's the same here. Don't make a decision based on someone's going to waive a 10 or 20% extra or a bonus sign-on or whatever. Make the decision on which company do you feel will help you grow, number one, and is going to be there to support you, and two, is going to give your vendors the the greatest uh, feeling of security and strength um, when you come and you hand them a business card. They're the two key things because... A brand with credibility and strength, with great training and great support and all those sort of things, that can make you an extra 20 or 30 sales per annum, which for most people is doubling their business. 
So I think it's, a, it's, it's, it's really a matter of asking yourself the right question to base your decision on. And I think it's which is the best brand. So if someone comes to you and they're a better brand than you're at, okay, you might decide that's a good thing to go. And if they happen to offer you more commission, well, it's a bonus. But I, I wouldn't have that as the driver. You agree, Troy? Yeah, I, was just, I just wrote down uh, four key points. And as you were speaking, John, and identifying which is better, it was really around support, leadership, innovation, and what training are you getting on a frequent basis and what does that look like? Yeah. It doesn't necessarily have to be internal trainers. It can be external trainers. But what's the frequency of that training? You know, every great athlete has a coach, no matter what it is. So yeah. how are we best managing that? Except and, Tom and I. And myself. Correct. Yeah, and you. That's right. <laughs> All the other great athletes in the world have coaches. Yeah, the rest do podcasts. <laughs> that's right. But I, I look at those. We do have business coaches. But. That's what makes um, going to a brand and, and business really exciting. You know, what is the support like? Are you allowed to focus on prospecting, listing, and selling? You don't have to worry about marketing. You don't have to worry about cleaning out the bins and doing all those things if you're a business owner. Second one is, what's the leadership like? Is there strong leadership that's going to manage all those conflicts that happen along the way of real estate? Innovation. Are you culture, Troy? Too. Yeah, it's culture. It is. It's culture. Because if you if you walk into a toxic environment, I don't care if they're paying you a hundred percent. That's going to hold you back, and it's actually more important than holding you back financially. You're not going to enjoy going to work. Let's face it, in this industry, most of us are working 60 hours a week, yeah. some more, some a little bit less. That's a hell of a long time to be going to a place where you don't respect your colleagues. Yeah. Um, so I think they're the better decisions is where do you feel right? Where's going to support your vendors? Which environment helps you get the better price for your vendors? Which environment will give you a learning framework? Um, and and then it, don't I mean don't worry about commission it'll look after itself really. It's 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 interesting because someone that I know that uh, was being chased by another agency. She's a one million dollar writer. She was being chased and um, I hadn't spoke to her for six months. She said to me the other day she stayed at where she was yeah. and she said uh, to me the main reason Tom I stayed is I feel terrific about myself going to work. Yeah. And she said and even though they copied the commission scheme plus gave me extra. They copied giving me all these branding pages to go over. Um, they gave me all these other free kicks. The thing that they couldn't copy is every time I walked into the office, they couldn't copy the feeling of the office that I was in. Right. And whether it's feeling could be the culture or the personality of the business, it's very difficult for a competitor to duplicate that, isn't the, it? The energy of the business is almost impossible and I'll often use when I'm giving presentations to business audiences, I'll use Apple and I'll say, well, there are plenty of companies could have hired um, people as good as at Apple in terms of the best designers, the best coders, best software people. But to replicate a culture that starts at the top and it infiltrates every meeting and every decision, every presentation is very, very difficult. So, uh, yeah, look, I think it's a long-winded answer to that question, but I, I just think you've really got to start with why, why, do you, why are you contemplating going out on your own? What are you really looking for? And you might actually find that you can get a better answer by staying where you are. Yeah. Okay. Um, thank you for that. And uh, we'll just touch on very lightly because the emails and the texts and the calls have come in both to me and to the uh, uh, Nicola and Isabella that uh, run ARIC. I just want to recap. ARIC is May 22, 23. All uh, speakers have been um, uh, signed off on. And I believe... John, or 35. 35. So that's this the largest. Is the biggest, this is the biggest number of speakers at any event, as far as we know, in real estate. 
um, and certainly the calibre of speakers. John, you were uh, very much the architect of the design of the content this year and you had in mind that you wanted to have short, sharp, content-driven TED Talks type presentations where people were constantly being hit with new information from a new voice every 20 minutes. Yeah, 20 to 30 minutes short, and there'll be a few keynotes a bit longer than that with some of our higher profile speakers. But generally speaking, I find that if you get the speakers to focus and really uh, be very uh, articulate and succinct in their message, you'll be able to deliver the audience more. So in doing so, we've been able to get 35 speakers on the program over two days. So, um, and, and great speakers. It's not about, you know, sort of just numbers. Uh, you and I make the numbers up, but everyone else is there for a better reason. So, uh, you yeah, know, I think it's, it's going to be great. So the brochure will be going out in the next week. Um, Nicola and Bella are um, just signing that off as we speak. In fact, I think today that gets signed off. Goes to the printer and it'll be on the desk of hopefully most of your listeners. And if you haven't, um, haven't received one for whatever reason, sometimes people move and we haven't got their updated address, is it Trek.com or Eric.com? I think both. Both. Eric. And they're on uh, yeah. Instagram. Instagram, Facebook, they've got a lot of presence in that social space. Um, so you can send through or even to Tom and myself, you can email us and we'll, we'll put you in touch with the team. Okay. Beautiful. And, and we're speaking again this year, guys. Absolutely. Million Dollar Agent. Million Dollar Agent. On, um, on, the, on the program early in the morning for the early risers. Monday morning. Monday morning. So, gang, we'll see you again next week. It's uh, from what the real estate agents are saying now. They are basically grand slam. They're, the great news is, is the marketplace, whereas some people were concerned about December and November having a little bit less buyer energy, what people are saying now is it seems to have had a, an injection and there is lots of buyers and a lot of confidence out there. We did 84% clearance on the weekend and, and I think pre-Christmas we got down to sort of 58, 60%. Yeah, um, so yeah, look, I, yeah, who, who knows? And the beauty with what we talk to all our, our very loyal and great listeners about is it doesn't matter what the market's doing, what, matter, what matters what you're doing. So we, yeah, we never dwell on it, but it's kind of interesting to see that the buyers are there um, in great abundance. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. We'll keep checking in with different markets throughout the year just to let everyone know. Okay, big shout out to Taylor Bishop from uh, Harcourts in Adelaide Hills. He says that he listens to this. I'm, I'm not going to read his whole uh, uh, and email. And it's a he. Tyler can be either way. It's, it's a guy, actually. Oh. Remember, he came up to me. He okay. said, as we discussed your mentoring, uh, uh, good stuff, Troy. Your name's been mentioned here as well, Troy. Hey, um, very good. Uh, in my, my friend. <laughs> actually, let's read it out. I think this is, a, this is worth uh, reading out. As is Taylor one said, don't mention my name? That was someone else. No, Taylor, Taylor, Taylor's happy to be uh, mentioned. <laughs> okay. learning, off the, uh, uh, learning off the best mentor, in my opinion, in the state, Phil Harris. Wow. And now having you guys each day has transformed everything in my life, not just real estate. I thought he worked for Harcourts. Well, he has, but he, he used to work for Harris. Oh, okay. In my first month as a solo agent, I've listed four properties and sold one for 931000 all of which I put down to the systems and training you guys have provided. Okay, now we sound like we're self-absorbing ourselves, so I'll just finish it there. But the bottom line is, Taylor, we hear you. Keep up the good work. Nothing better than hearing young people smashing it in real estate. That's good. And we've also got guys, Troy. We've What's got this? Gifts coming in um, from Con, David, and Hugh from the new Waverley office. We've got new microphones, so obviously. Um, Thank you, Con, David, and Hugh. Thank you very much. Much appreciated. They've just opened in uh, in, um, in Waverley. Waverley, and yeah. they're going to smash it. 
So looking forward Waverley to in uh, in Melbourne. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's that area has got an absolute buzz to it. Um, it's a great area. Great area, and some of the businesses there, uh, John Wright, incredible numbers. I I believe the number one uh, Ray White office in the country is there. Is there? Yeah. Damien Wouldn't Moore surprise me. Great, great it's operation. a great it's a great area. So uh, thank you, to the boys and microphones. Hopefully, uh, it'll improve the quality of not only our voices but what we say. That's uh, that's unlikely to happen. I don't think they've invented that microphone yet. I'm, but, I'm, uh, I'm concerned about having guys send us microphones. That's like us sending people uh, listening presentation kits. Right. So I don't know what you're trying to say, but thank you anyway, guys. See you next, See you next week. week. Bye. Bye for now.